Family secrets and backdoor deals are never a good way to start a business. But that didn't stop Alberto Frizzoli from becoming one of the premier home developers in Roselle, Australia. What would bring his career and life to an end, though, will be the most bizarre of all. I'm Christina. And I'm Kristen. And today on The Real Crime Podcast, we will be telling you about the strange and unexpected murder of Mario and Alberto Frizzoli. Mario and Albert, sometimes Alberto, were reeling with the news that their father had gone missing. Ten days after his disappearance, Nick Frisoli was discovered dead. He had disappeared in 1998 from his home in Wagga Wagga, a town in Australia for anyone not familiar. I'm pretty sure that's most of us. Right, exactly, except for maybe our Australian listeners. <laughs> His body was found, I'm going to slaughter this, so just FYI, <laughs> his body was found in the Murrumbidgee River, and I'm sorry. That please. sounds right. Okay. All right. Awesome. I've got Kristen seal of approval on you that. You got it. <laughs> and even after an autopsy, no cause of death could be determined. Now, Nick Frizzoli was not just some sweet old man who went missing. He himself was a murderer who spent time in prison for killing his own brother-in-law. I know. So he and his brother-in-law were arguing, and Nick shot him, literally right in front of his wife, Julia. Definitely going to prison. Exactly. Witnesses. Nick was found guilty of manslaughter in 1958 and then did 10 years in prison with hard labor, which does not sound like a luxury cruise, and I'm really kind of curious if that's something they still do or not. I'm. I can find out. Yeah, I mean, we can Google Rachel's, it. Also, Rachel's brother is a correctional officer. Yeah, let's find out. I, I'm really curious about the hard labor bit because it's like you know this was a while ago, so 1958. I don't know. Huh. That would be know. a really good idea. If it yeah, is. I mean, I like that. Find yeah, like I've got some hard labor. Are there any prisoners <laughs> who want to do hard labor? Like I've got stuff that needs. You know to be what done. though? At the um woman's prison up in Danbury. Yeah. Um, my old coworker, her husband used to work there and they lived on the premises and the people that did their lawn care like there's like different levels of right 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 yeah um, security sure but the like least level they do the lawn care for the people that live on the premises that's correct and like as it goes in deeper there's more security i I think they do some type of labor anyway yeah but also who who takes a job and says, yeah, I'm going to live on site, like on the prison campus? They have four kids, too. That's crazy to me. Like, I'd be like, no, it's cool. It's cool. We'll just get a house in regular Danbury proper. It's fine. <laughs> I, think, I think they... Uh, it's probably actually, free. I, I wanted to say it was free, but I'm not positive. Oh. If it's not free, it's a really good deal. Mm. And it was a full house. Mm. All right. Maybe it's worth it. I don't know. Anyway, we digress, as usual. <laughs> 
According to an article for the Sydney Morning Herald, prior to his disappearance and death, Nick told an acquaintance that the walls have ears and fences listen. Do we come back to this at all? Not really. No. So there's really no reason. There's for no that. closure. There's no closure. I just wanted to share it because it was really bizarre. The walls have ears and fences. Oh, was he talking like fences listen, meaning like neighbors being nosy? I don't know. I, I really think like either he was super paranoid or someone was actually after him kind of thing. Oh, I got goosebumps. I know. I know. It's, re- it's really bizarre. And I tried to do some digging to find more about his disappearance because they actually, I mean, so at the time that that was said and at the time that all of this happened, the people around him really took it with a grain of salt until he disappeared. And then he was subsequently found dead. And they're like, oh, now I guess we'll take this seriously because maybe he was, <laughs> you know, onto something. Doesn't that happen far too often? Yeah, exactly. And then it, in that same article, something kind of equally as bizarre, Mario, one of the victims we'll be discussing today, actually, claim he oddly enough, he claimed to be a former corrections officer, but the corrections department denies that, which is kind of Bizarre. Why would you claim to... Right, exactly. Like, if you're going to pick a fake job, like, pick something slightly more, I don't know, glamorous? Like, I don't know. But, I mean, what... It's also so easily proven wrong. I mean, the corrections department will either have Who you... Who did un- he claim that to? The the That's just what he tells people that he did, or he told people he did. So, what? like, inferring what? He has connections on the inside or something? I have no idea. I have no idea. So, since there was no way of determining his cause of death... It was kind of assumed that he drowned, but nobody really knew how or why because he was found in this river, right? But in 1999, that same guy, Mario, he tried to get the case surrounding his father's death reopened. He actually even tried to have it connected, according to another article from the Sydney Morning Herald, that, you know, there were roughly about 200 other deaths in the Wagga Wagga area when his father disappeared, which... Is a, is a lot for, like, a concentrated space. Um, and within so... Within how long? It was... It, it just said around the time. Okay. So probably within a couple, couple of years. years. Exactly. That's a lot. It is. It is. for Especially for, like, one town in 1958 sort of thing. It's not like there was an explosion. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so having him say that kind of stuff and then having them try to look deeper into it and his son actually threatening to sue if they didn't reopen the case and like offered to have his body exhumed and all that other stuff and they just didn't do anything with it maybe it was like an italian australian mob so they were italian immigrants right. so it could have some type of like mafia ties i mean there's a lot of this <laughs> that definitely has like a sopranos vibe to it like <laughs> i might be saying that because we are now watching sopranos <laughs> oh god it's such a good show it's and like literally everything after you watch that show you're like oh my god they're probably in the mob they're like everything i also start talking like um what's her name the wife oh carmella um, carmella <laughs> when we're watching and i start talking like her <laughs> i love it i love it it's it's such we did um we watched that like right after i had had cozy mm-hmm. and we were watching a lot of tv so we we watched that and uh yeah it was definitely one of those like hardcore shows to it like pulls you into it does it does you want to be like a part of the world you know and then not at all. Then you're at so all. glad and that you're like, really not. God, this is terrifying. But <laughs> okay, this anyway. has so many, so many little pieces like that that it's it's kind of strange. It's it's really kind of strange. So, like I said, I, I couldn't find too much on that, but it certainly kind of sets a scene for everything 
coming up. Now, the Frisoli family, as I mentioned, was an immigrant family from Italy, and they moved to the West Sydney, Australia area. Now, outside of being the child of a criminal, Albert had really kind of made a name for himself along with his business partner, Giuseppe Diciani. Now, unfortunately, in 99, like 1999, 2000, the relationship between Albert and Diciani soured a bit. Now, according to Diciani, Frizzoli had stolen their company, stolen from their company to pay personal bills, including private school tuition for his children's school. So essentially it was he was claiming that this, uh, you know, Albert Frizzoli had been fraudulent to the company. And, you know, it definitely isn't the first time that a work relationship would sour for this type of reason. No, and they were fighting about it for for a a years, long time, almost exactly. a decade. The court, yeah, the court case lasted like nine years. There it was were crazy. two court cases, and he lost both of them. Both of them, yeah. And um, what's his name, Giuseppe? Mm-hmm. He lost four hundred thousand dollars in legal fees. Tons of money, tons, tons, tons of money. So he was really pissed. Yeah. So at this point, you know, for this part of it, it had been elevated to to be in front of the Supreme Court. And this was in 2009. And the night before everything was supposed to be finalized, because this is the second time he'd lost, someone broke into the Frizzoli residence at 17 Goodsire Street in Roselle, Australia, the home that the brothers, Mario and Albert, shared, and stabbed them both to death. Now, I couldn't find if it was his ex-wife or just estranged wife. But she and his children, Albert's children, were living elsewhere at this point. Well, that's good because yeah. they probably would have been killed too. Exactly. So Diciani was actually interviewed shortly after the bodies were discovered in the home. And he essentially said, oh, yeah, you know, I definitely want to find out. But Albert had so many enemies, which is he was definitely one of them. Let's, right. let's be real. <laughs> he was definitely one of them. A neighbor had heard a commotion the night before, but really didn't think much of it until she heard the news the next day. So police canvassed the area looking for a weapon, and through the help of CCTV footage, they pieced together a very strange tale of events. Really weird. I know. I know. Like, really weird. So witnessed on the CCTV footage from the property and other properties around it, police found their suspect, a frumpy old woman. Because the exact timeline is a little tricky to break down, I'm going to first tell you what happened that night, then the events that unfolded afterwards. It's not really like, I don't know, it wasn't really super cut and dry in dissecting all of the uh, articles and no, research it was really and stuff. confusing. It was. This was a really confusing one. And Thanks they just a lot kept for it. jumping around. <laughs> I know. And they just kept. I'm and like, I'm like, oh my wait, god, what? <laughs> wait, when did this happen? So we we did the best to kind of piece it together. And so we're we're just gonna basically tell you exactly what happened first, and then go from there. So on the night of the stabbings, Diciani, who was in a bitter legal battle with Frizzoli, had just lost. And dressed as an old woman, he broke into the Frizzoli house and waited. Now, that reminds me of Robert Durst. Yes! Yes, with the old woman. That's yeah. what it reminded me of, too. And I was like, if you just, like, have a ton of money and you're some sort of property developer, is that you what you do? pretend to be an old woman you to just disguise to yourself. Woman, and then you do stuff. I'm just going to start going around with, like, an old woman way. And just so we know, they were both caught. So it's not a great yeah, disguise. It's, it's, <laughs> 
they're gonna figure it out because if you're and that then you look ugly, really weird exactly <laughs> if you're that ugly of an old woman <laughs> they're they're probably gonna want to out you so um he he, he so, dressed as an old woman he had like a little neckerchief on and everything i'm just like imagining like my little old very italian, italian mother. <laughs> exactly like knee socks and like the loafers like we've all seen it so this is this is how this man dressed. He breaks into the Frizzoli residence, and when Mario Frizzoli, the defendant's brother, uh, arrived home, Diciani jumped out and stabbed him to death. Now Diciani had absolutely nothing against Mario. Mario was essentially just collateral damage because he would have been in the way. And this is why I say, thank God the kids and the or estranged wife were right. not home because they probably would have also been collateral. Oh, damage. my gosh. Absolutely. He had no regard for human life. No. None. None. Especially, well, I, I mean, I don't know if that is like his character or just that anger that he had. He didn't care who got in the way. See, the thing is, they definitely go on to say this wasn't like a crime of passion. This wasn't like he snapped because there's also CCT footage of him not dressed as an old woman, like scoping out their patterns and when they go in and out and all of that kind of stuff on the property and like in the neighborhood and everything. So he'd been planning this like this is this is something that he had planned. So I think there was definitely anger, but there was also an element of I'm just a sociopath and this is okay for me. Guess what I have. What do you have a quote? I do. I love it. (laughs) So it's from Justice Hume, I guess he was the justice on the case, I'm assuming. Um, he said, it is impossible to avoid the conclusion that Diciani had so little regard for human life that Mario was killed simply to facilitate the killing of Albert Frizzoli. So, basically... If the kids and wife had been there, they would have been dead, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, then for about two hours, still dressed in his disguise, Diciani just sat in a dark house next to the dead body of Mario, waiting for Albert to arrive home. And then when Albert did arrive home, Diciani jumped out at him in a frantic rage. Diciani stabbed Albert Frizzoli upwards of 27 times, then escaped out of the home, through a neighbor's yard, into a waiting car. Now, the car was being driven, according to earlier accounts, by his lover, a woman. The two then fled to Rome in an attempt to escape. In 2011, Diciani was apprehended and then extradited back to Australia. He was sentenced to 30 years in prison for murdering the Frizzoli brothers, which means he will be about 90 when he gets out. So that's essentially a life sentence. And now there's this next layer. So then in 2015, after Diciani's getaway driver had also been charged, Then it was brought up that maybe it wasn't Diciani's lover, but it was Robert Diciani, who was Giuseppe's son. You look like you have another quote. No, (laughs) not a quote, but so the driver, the lover. Yes. Was sentenced to three years, right? Right. As like an accomplice. So was that? It was basically, she was sentenced to three years and it's, it's sort of this... She didn't know that he had killed them, even though, I mean, he had, like, bloody footprints. And 
it's not like you stab somebody to death and then just look okay. It's also not like you break into someone's home dressed as an old woman without the intention of doing something. Right. Well, yeah, they said... She she must have had some inkling that right. something was going on. Well, I would assume. And but then like, they hop on a plane court, and go to Rome. But in court, you can say, I had no idea. Absolutely. I mean, he did leave a trail of bloody footprints leading to the car. Right. Right. So and probably some blood in her car. In blood. Mm. But, I mean... She's like, oh, I thought he spilled some fruit juice. You right. know, like, what is that? The, the justice was saying that... Um, he, there's no like beyond reasonable doubt to know right, right. like she she i guess they they couldn't implicate her in the planning of the murder and therefore she was just sort of this extra piece but you know then it was kind of so brought was in that thrown out the whole robert dicioni thing or her, her her no she's she did her three years and robert dicioni was never actually charged so we have to kind of assume that he wasn't involved but I mean, honestly, at this point, I, I wouldn't be surprised if more stuff rolls out in this case, because right. it seems like there's a lot of bizarre layers to it. Because what the hell is going on? Right. Exactly. <laughs> so what I find really, really fascinating um, is that the house that these stabbings occurred in, and like we were just saying, stabbing is a very messy way for someone to die. We're not talking about like sleeping pills or something like that, or a slip and fall down the stairs where you just change out the carpet or what have you it actually sold at auction for more than two hundred thousand dollars over the reverse like the reserve price with a price tag of 2.265 million dollars now that's a lot of money for a house let alone a murder how big was the house what was the house worth i mean just two hundred thousand less than that and and this is to add a little bit of perspective in Australia, or in the Sydney area, where this house was, the median home price is actually $1.1 million. So they make a lot more money than us? or I, I, I Cost of living is higher. They're just all rich. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, money just is bigger there. I'm not sure. Like, <laughs> I don't know. You tell us, Australia. We're really confused. So in, in other words, you know, Kristen and I would not be homeowners in, in Australia, or at least the Sydney area. There nope. are cheaper places to live. I Googled it. Um, but, of course you did. But not, not, not in West Sydney. And... I mean, this isn't even like a, it's a, it's not even like a historical murder house, like the, um, whatchamacallit? Any of the ones that we, um, I know that's With the axe? Exactly. Thank you. I'm, I'm literally. (laughs) The axe murder. What a crap. What is her name? I don't know. You could probably go back in our episodes and it's like the title of it. Oh my God. Anyway. But yeah, like any one of the (laughs) historical murder houses. It's not one of those. This is just like a modern day house and it's a gorgeous house. Like you can see pictures of the interior. It's a beautiful home. But two dudes were stabbed to death brutally in there. (laughs) And so I don't think I'm paying $2 million for it. I'm also not going over the reserve price for it. So yeah, that was fun. It must be really gorgeous. It really really is. But it's also... Compared to... The surrounding other options. Yeah. I don't know. Because it's you. So that's that's the other thing. The houses, they're very, very close together. And so that, again, is not something that we're used to. And I like a little bit of space. So if I'm going to pay. I like a lot of bit of space. Exactly. I want to go on a house for two acres of land. Exactly. I like that's not enough. That's not (laughs) enough. I want to go on my front yard, like without a bra on and not have anybody see me. That's my life goal. I don't want to see my neighbor's houses. Exactly. Exactly. And I love my neighbors. I love my neighbors. I don't want to see them. No. That's all there is to it. So, yeah. 
that's that's about it. That's about it. I mean, I don't know. That's, that's that, that is episode. the Frisoli case. <laughs> it's very weird. It's very weird, and we can't afford to live in Australia. Those are the two things that I learned today. Two getaways, takeaways, not getaways. two takeaways, <laughs> two two getaways. Jeez. So, if we find anything else, or if anything else comes up on this, we will Which definitely. I'm sure, it will. Yeah, we will definitely let you know. But that one, it's kind of. I don't know, kind of heavy sort of thing. Like, there's a lot of crazy details in there that I was not expecting. It was wonky. Wait, what? Wonky? It was wonky. Very yep. wonky. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, make sure that you are following us on... Where, where should they follow us? On Instagram? At The Real Crime Podcast? <laughs> yep, that, that's one. Or Facebook. <laughs> Our Facebook, The Real Crime Podcast page. Or you can email us. Yes, The Real Crime Podcast at gmail.com. Or our Patreon. Oh, yes. Look for us on Patreon. We are the Real Crime Podcast on there, too. And yeah, that's our name. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> and uh, I'm Christina. This is Kristen. Hey, <laughs> nice to meet you. So definitely make sure you're telling all of your friends. Thank you for the recent downloads. You guys have been awesome so far. Um, season two is off to a bang. We're almost up to 7,500 downloads. And we were we Ooh. just hit 7,000 downloads. So that's awesome super awesome. I don't know why I just put an L in awesome. Awesome. It was awesome. So thank you. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.